Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. Today's guest is the chaplain for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and you are in for a treat because the Steelers are 9-0, and they're playing really well, but to get the perspective from the team chaplain is is really unique, and, and he shares just some some great perspective on his role on the team, the leadership structure, and, and what this team is all about. And I think you'll really, really enjoy our conversation with Kent Chevalier today on the show. Uh, he's also on staff with Athletes in Action, so they send him as a essentially a missionary, but as a chaplain to the, the Steelers organization. He, he works not only with players, but, but the entire organization, and he'll share about his role and, and what that looks like day to day and all that that entails. So a pretty sweet job. I, I think it's, it's, it's really cool. And I ask him as well what it's like going from being a Steelers fan, because he grew up as a Steelers fan, to then you know, being the chaplain, essentially being the pastor to these players and, and to the team. Uh, and the organization so that's quite the transition that, that that's interesting so I think for, for a lot of people that I you know because I've worked in in the sports world and the ministry world the radio world all that kind of thing but as you uh, talk with people that used to be a fan and then sports become their job it's always a it's just different and and for me I love it I love that I can incorporate sports into my into my life and job but it it comes with just some changes of perspective and changes of mindsets uh, as well. So like for me, because I'm, I'm sports, 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 and I trust me, I still watch a ton of games and all that. But but I also need to go home and not only spend time with my daughter and wife, but sometimes watch non-sports TV programming just to just to get a breather. So I also like to read, and um, so there's just other outlets for me. So anyway. To go for, for Kent, he'll share his story a little bit. He was a pastor, Steelers sports fan. Now he, he works with the organization, and he started doing that last year, 2019. So still, still pretty fresh. But, but how different of a season, you know, one season can make, last year 8-8 eight and eight, to this year already 9-0. and oh. But I asked him to compare the two seasons, and his answer, somewhat surprising. And, and so, I'll, but I guess in many ways, not surprising. So I'll talk about that at the end of the conversation as I unpack my couple key takeaways from the interview. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Also, I encourage you to check out unpackingit.com. Sign up for our weekday email devotional. 
Also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do that. We'll continue with these great interviews and awesome guests and then the exciting news that we announced on Monday. Corey Miller, former NFL player, has joined Unpacking It, and he will be the co-host for the Monday podcast, including uh, other podcasts as his role expands and, and the ministry grows, and so we'll, uh, we'll go from there. But, but for now, he's, he's at least co-hosting the Monday show, and so if you missed this week's show, uh, I encourage you to check that out. It was awesome. So he's a former South Carolina Gamecock and so gave some great insight on their coaching change. And then we, we talked NFL, we talked the Masters, and it was a lot of fun. But today, you're tuning in to hear Kent Chevalier. Check out his website, teamchevalier.com, and you're going to love it. Here we go, our interview with Kent. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us right now on Unpacking It is Pittsburgh Steelers chaplain Kent Chevalier. Kent, so glad to have you on the show. How are you? Oh, Bryce, man, thank you for having me. We are doing well in the middle of this pandemic. Just um, enjoying the fact that the Steelers are 9-0, and baby. So loving that. Well, I, I, I do want to talk about the pandemic a little bit for you personally and what's going on with your family. But, but let's start on the, the football note with the Steelers, 9-0. and And it was actually surprising to hear that the team going 8-0 the first time in, in history of the, the great franchise. And so now 9-0, of course, also first time in, in history. But how surprising is the undefeated season so far? How exciting has it been for you being a part of this team? It's, it's an absolute blast to be a part uh, of the Steelers organization. I grew up a, a Steelers fan my entire life. Um, and so to get to do this now, to serve the team in this way is absolutely crazy. Like, pinch me, man. I can't believe that I get to do this. And then being a part of history in the making, uh, while these guys are just going 9-0 and one game after another, man, and, and stacking these wins, it's been incredible uh, to be a part of it. And, and as far as, you know, being surprised by this or whatever, th- these guys, man, they're in the grind every day. They're working hard. And, and it's just been incredible to watch Big Ben in this comeback tour. Um, if he doesn't win the comeback player of the year, man, uh, I don't know who should, right? So it's been incredible to watch it and be a part of it. And I think, you know, you look back at last year. So last year was your first year as the, the team chaplain, right? And, right. and so Big Ben goes down with an injury, but, but the team played so well. And I was impressed with, all right, an 8-8 eight and eight record, but, but they were fighting even for a playoff spot in the final weeks. And, and so how, how different, though, of a season is it this year compared to last year? But how important was the, the carryover from finishing strong last year in you know, helping out for this year? Sure, man. And, and I, what I'm witnessing, I, I'm not seeing anything different. These guys are, are going to work every day doing the exact same thing. You know, the adversity of 2019, I mean, starting in training camp with the death of Coach Drake, wide receivers coach, mm. Big Ben goes down, Stephon Tuitt goes down. You see so, many, so much adversity. They responded like that. They pivoted, right? 
Same thing I'm seeing this year. COVID hits and the NFL protocols and all this stuff. They have to change training camp from St. Vincent College all the way to Heinz Field, which is about an hour apart from each other. And these guys, man, they're pivoting like that. That just speaks to great leadership from Mr. Rooney, Coach Tomlin, Colbert, uh, all the way down through this organization. It's incredible. They're able to pivot. Why? Because they have strong leadership uh, from top to bottom, man. And so that's what I'm seeing. And I'm getting to learn so much from just observing uh, all of these guys pivoting like this in the middle of it and, and watching them like excel in the middle of all of this crazy pandemic, man. Let, let's unpack that further because from the outside looking in, I'm, I'm here in Charlotte. I, you know, I respect the Steelers, know that, hey, year in, year out, they're in the mix. And, and you hear the stories of how well run the franchise is, how well coached the, the team is. And, and so for you, growing up a Steelers fan and now being in your second year as the chaplain, seeing, you know, a little bit more uh, up close and personal as far as that, that leadership uh, on a day-to-day basis, what, what are some of those characteristics that, that do play out and that, that just, you know, bubble up to, to where you, you realize now, oh, this is why the, the success year after year happens? Yeah, and I, and I can speak to, I mean, being a fan – uh, all these years and and the first to get to the six Super Bowl trophies and um, the the historic franchise of you know three head coaches in the last fifty whatever years now I mean that's just incredible leadership and so some of the things now that I'm getting to witness and and this famous saying that you know Tomlin uh, has been quoted all across the world is the standard is the standard. Right. And, and it doesn't it doesn't matter the adversity that comes your way. You know, he's saying the standard is the standard and that is to win. And we will win in it doesn't matter what's coming at us. You know, covid, you know, the um, just crazy, you know, stuff last year with all the injuries, um, the unprecedented season 2019 was they're still going to figure out a way to win. Tomlin has never had a losing season in 14 years, man. And that's incredible. And that goes to this mentality of the standard is the standard. Uh, But then there's also other things, man, that I see around this organization. And I, you know, being new to the NFL chaplains family, I'm witnessing this only from, you know, watching the Steelers, but I'm watching um, as, as coach Tomlin is preaching a message of servant leadership. Like, man, if it's like a leadership academy here. You know, you see this famous uh, social media that was put out all over, you know, by the NFL, and it took the sports world by storm, where Coach Tomlin puts on a red cleaning ambassador jersey, and he stands in front of the entire team, and he says, if this is how you treat me, is how you're going to treat this cleaning crew, right? So treat me the same way that you treat them. And he Mm. wore that cleaning ambassador shirt at Heinz Field all day to let everybody know we serve each other here. Nobody's better than one another, right? And, And so servant leadership is absolute key. And then another thing I just, you know, have seen Tomlin and really the Steelers organization is they are mentally tough, man. Like they go after it, no matter what's thrown at them, they are mentally tough. Um, And so, you know, you look at last year, 
and you see these, you know, adversity challenges that pop up, man. And it's this next man up mentality. Okay. And, and, you know, every team probably has that mentality, but you see a mental toughness with these guys that is just, it seems to be unparalleled in the NFL that has kept them at the top of the AFC for so long and battling always, it seems, um, you know, in, in a pursuit to the playoffs and never having a losing season since Tomlin has been at the helm. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And it's, it's him and Marty Schottenheimer to, to start 14 right. years, uh, to start your career with, with only a winning record. So, yeah. uh, just, just incredible. Or yeah, anything less than yeah, nothing less than eight and eight. So correct. Um, yeah. So uh, very, able, very impressive. To be able to win uh, eight games last year with all of that adversity in 2019, you were talking about. Did that carry into this year, dude? I think the mentality uh, within the struggle um, mm. of last year has carried over into 2020 because everybody's had to pivot, and I feel like man, the Steelers almost had a leg up because they had to work even harder last year with Ben being down and all the different injuries and adversity that they faced, man, they were ready this year. So uh, these guys are just mentally tough in a way that uh, I, I, I aspire to be. Absolutely. And, and to even think this past week, uh, big Ben was on the, the COVID list and, and it wasn't, you know, the normal rhythm of the week and the practice of the week. And I was dumb enough to put big Ben on my bench in fantasy. Oh, no. And so he dropped he 38 points, 38 yeah. points on my bench. I would have won if I played him. Um, but, but I think that speaks to even in a, in a challenging week where it wasn't what they wanted or expected. And he even got banged up the week before um, to then come out and play as well as he did. Again, it just shows the, the leadership and the mental toughness. So it, yeah, it was on absolutely. display. I, and I think that Ben, you know, this is just my opinion. He wanted to welcome Joe, Joe Burrow to the AFC North, right? <laughs> yes, you know, he did. you know, you got the, you got the, the veteran welcoming the, the young lion, you know, Joe Burrow, an incredible quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but big, big Ben is saying not in my house, man. So welcome to the NFL. That that's right. So yeah, Burrow will be around for a while, but big Ben, he's not handing off that, that AFC uh, North to anybody. That's for sure. That's right. So, that's uh, right. So, yeah, it's been a fun season. I, I've, been, I've been pulling for the Steelers this year. I, I, I like them coming in. Uh, that's why I drafted Big Ben in fantasy. So I, I've been excited for his, his bounce back year. And, and I'm with you. He's right up there for comeback player of the year. And Alex yeah. Smith, depending on if the, if the Washington football team can do much this year. But um, I think uh, a strong season for, for the Steelers might get him that, uh, that award, which is, to me, that's one right. of the great awards. A comeback award uh, means a lot. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about Big Ben in a little bit, but, but I think for some listeners, they hear the word chaplain, they don't necessarily know what that means. And, and even yeah. for you, you're only in your second year of this. Your, your background is, is being a, a pastor, a youth pastor, a church planter. And, yeah. and so I guess let's talk about what that role looks like and even maybe your perception of it going into to what reality is day-to-day for you as the chaplain of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, for sure, man. Like this, um, the fact that I am doing this is absolutely crazy because here's the thing, you know, as a local church pastor for 22 years, I did not even know that this was a thing. Like I, like I knew about, I knew about chaplains, like, but I didn't, I didn't know that the NFL had chaplains. So when I explain to people like, okay, what do I get to do? Essentially, I, I look at it like this. The, the Steelers organization, 
is now the church that I get to shepherd, right? So Erica and I, my wife and I, we, we chaplain together. She's the chaplain to all the ladies of the organization. I'm the chaplain to all the guys of the organization. Um, and it's not just players. This is coaches and players and front office and, and their families, uh, staff and their families. Um, so I always like to say it like this. We're, we're simply the pastor to the team. Right. And, and we we want to we want to serve and, and we feel like together we have the ministry of availability mm. to anybody who's a part of the Steelers organization to, you know, just be there for them, serve them uh, at, at any time. But to be honest with you, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Um, so when I had the opportunity as a pastor um, of a great church, Northway Christian community here in Pittsburgh. Um, I was on staff there for 13 years when Vance McDonald, when he was traded from the San Francisco 49ers to the Steelers as their tight end. And he comes to the church where I was the pastor and he introduced himself to me and he and I began to connect and, you know, coffee conversations. And he began to tell me that the Steelers at that time did not have a chaplain and how he wished that he really had one because he had a strong chaplain out in San Francisco. And I was like, what is that? Like, what does a chaplain do? And he was like, well, it's, it's basically the pastor to the team. Um, and so now that I am in this opportunity and, and um, it's just crazy that uh, I get to, for the childhood team that I grew up to, you know, I, I was a fan of this team ever since I could remember watching the Super Bowls with my dad when I was so young, mm. you know, back in the Terry Bradshaw, you know, Louis Lips years, Swan, those years. Donnie Shell. Now, exactly. That's and now job. to have this opportunity to come alongside these guys and serve them like this, crazy, man. Pinch me. I can't believe that I get to do this. Which is just a, an unbelievable opportunity. And so how have you had to make the adjustment from being a fan to, to, to still being a fan? You can't help but, but root for them. But now you're rooting for them even more so personally, and you're in the trenches with them. And it's not just about wins and losses. It's fun when the team wins, I, I'm, I'm sure. But it's sure. much deeper than that. It's more, it's more important than that. So how has that shift been for you? What's that adjustment been like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about, you know, a typical pastor, right. And there's a lot that pastors have to wade through. And there's a statistic out there that pastors are, are trusted less than used car salesmen these days. Oh, and, um, and so, and I get that, right. You see, you see that and, you know, social media and, you know, it's just made for that. So I've had to fight through the stereotype of pastor uh, with these uh, men for, for my role. Um, mm. and, and just to be able to, um, I think the thing that I'm learning big time is that these men, while, you know, the world puts them up on the pedestal, right? They're just men, right? These are young men. When you talk about the players, these are young men who are trying to figure out life. You know, many of them are coming into the NFL and this is the first time that they have, you know, even had a paycheck and they're trying to figure out, okay, how do, how do I do this? Um, they're trying some of them, you know, with, you know, young relationships that they are in. Some of them are brand new married um, and they're just trying to figure out how do I be a good husband? Um, you know, you're, you're just simply, and then it, it kind of, you know, clicks and you're like, this is just like pastoring any other church. 
You know, people have problems, real people uh, with, you know, great hearts. And, and you have other people who, man, they, they are, they don't really want anything to do with God or, or Christianity. And you're just there to serve them. I'm not there to thump them over the head with the Bible, man. I'm just here to serve you. I'm available to you. If you need anything, man, I'm here. And then, of course, you know, I, I run prior to this for the last 22 years, man. I am, I'm preaching on a platform in mm. front of a congregation. And now, man, I am preaching in hotel rooms, in team, you know, you know hotel rooms, in sweatpants and, and hoodies. And I'll take that every day, man. I love the fact that I can wear sweats and a hoodie to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, man. Amen. So, um, and the fact that the Bible studies that I am leading are not in a Panera bread or, you know, a Starbucks coffee, man. I'm, I'm sitting around with the players in the locker room and we are studying the scriptures together. I'm studying the scriptures with the coaches in the film room. Um, and so the, the ministry almost feels like it's the same, but the setting is extremely different. And, and the people are just as amazing that I get to serve and they're just real and they're raw. The thing that I love most about the NFL context um, compared to the church context is that these guys are raw. Absolutely raw. They don't sugarcoat anything, man. They don't beat around the bush. In the church setting, sometimes that's not the case, you know. Everybody yep. puts on that Sunday smile and everything's okay. And, you know, yeah. but uh, I'm finding out that these guys are just normal, just like everybody else, man. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I would say is the difference between the two. That, that's awesome. And, and you know, I get the, the opportunity to interview a lot of players and I always try to find what the, the, the common ground is that, that we can relate as sports fans to, you know, what's going on in life and the, the similar emotions and feelings and, and all that sort of thing. And there is so many, you know, just similarities. But, but I got to ask you, too, what have been some of the differences as far as you're, you're dealing with, with NFL players where you're going, wow, they, they're encountering situations or circumstances that, you're surprised by not not that you're given personal stuff but but just to kind of sure. in general wait all right this is a different world this is they're, they're living in a it's a different game than even yeah. what you're talking about church church people absolutely man and and so i think that the one of the biggest differences that um kind of sheds light on the fact that these these guys i'll put it this way there's nothing that these guys can do that won't make it into the news Right. One, mm -hmm. one false move and it gets played on every social media channel, every news channel. And, and in that way, there's such an empathy for these guys, man, because they live with the microscope on their lives. Mm. Um, especially in this COVID environment, man, where they're wearing these tracers, like GPS trackers of where they are and, and they can't go anywhere. Um, you, you think about your typical night out. Um, and, you know, I, as Erica and I have gone out with some of the couples and we've been out in the city of Pittsburgh, man, there is this sense of these guys can't really have a life wow. where people Smart. aren't asking for autographs. They're asked, they want something from these guys. There's, mm. there's like, no privacy. There's this. And so there's a danger with some of them 
that um, they will go completely inside. They will not trust people. And I get it, right? Because yep. they've been burned because yep. people want something from them always. And so they sort of shut out. Um, they stop trusting except for their really possible tiny core uh, that they've got. Um, and so, you know, there, there's this sense of, okay, you know, one particular, when we went into um, last year, we were in New York City and um, these guys go out and man, I got my first taste of like, people are waiting and wanting to know their every move. And so when you're going into the team hotel, there are, I mean, I'm talking 500 people who know exactly where the team hotel is and, and they're just doing obscene stuff as these guys are getting off of the bus. You and I don't have to deal with that, right? We can. What are you talking about? I got fans everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, man. Nobody. I'm just, I'm glad that nobody knows who I am so that I can just duck and serve man uh, in this organization. But that's one thing. And then another thing just in general that I feel really bad for these coaches and these players and, and their spouses and is um, the temptation is larger, I guess I would say. When you think about some of the stuff that's thrown at these young men at a very, I mean, how young they are with the amount of money that some of them have and the temptation that could come with that, I don't have to deal with that size of temptation constantly coming at me yeah, at all the time. It. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it can be tough. You can see it wear at them. Um, and you can see them, you know, throughout the season as some of these new rookies are coming in, you see them begin to just, they're, they're monsters on the field, but then they sort of shrink as a person. Um, and that's painful to watch because they don't know who they can trust. Everybody wants something. The temptation to just, you know, compare themselves to the guy who has the massive contract. Um, all of this stuff is just huge for them. So I feel like a bit of my role is to come alongside of them and say, man, there's so much more than NFL football, bro. You know, there's life beyond this. What are you doing about who you are? It's not connected to the field. Um, who you are is not how you perform. Um, so just trying to preach that to them to make sure that they're, you know, not going so inside that they will implode on themselves. What, what a wonderful perspective and, and something that, yeah, the average fan just doesn't think about and, and doesn't truly sure. recognize. And, and sometimes we may even sit back and, and be jealous or think, oh, man, how fun would it be to walk into a restaurant and, and everybody knows who you are. But then you, you see the other side of that and you recognize, man, that's, that gets old pretty quick. So Yeah, um, yeah, a couple of weeks and, and then it gets real old because <laughs> you so just want to have a conversation with your girlfriend or, and you can't. You know. Oh my goodness. Someone's poking, poking you. Hey, can I, yep. Yeah. Yep. That's tough. Can Gosh. you sign this? Can you do this? Yeah. Well, the, the positive side of the, these players being well-known is that, that many of them choose to use their platform to point people to Jesus. And I, I've been fascinated to see the, the, the transformation in, in Ben Roethlisberger's life, at least from afar and, and his openness to, to talk about his faith. And, and I'm just curious kind of your, your approach to wh- whether it's Big Ben or, or other guys that are looking for ways to say, all right, I'm an NFL player. People know who I am, and, and I want to be an encouragement. I want to be a light. I want to point people to Jesus and say, hey, it's not about me. It's about him. But with that, it comes, like you said earlier, everybody's watching you. So 
they're, they're waiting for you to screw up. And, and even though we all know we're not perfect, we still like to get on each other. And, uh, sure. oh, I gotcha. So, uh, so how do you navigate that whole dynamic and, and especially just from your role? Yeah, so it's interesting you say it because um, in team Bible study right now uh, with coaches and with the players and uh, their wives and, and girlfriends, um, we are studying James right now. And the whole idea of having an active faith how do you pull this off in the NFL? How do you do things in secret when you have an agent who's telling you you need to push your brand? Um, you know, how do you do that? Um, and so I've been so maybe proud is the wrong word, but I've been proud of some of these guys that are pulling off things that in the news, it just says the Steelers are doing this and it's actually the players in the Bible study who are initiating some incredible community, just love on this community in Pittsburgh. Um, so there are things that are happening that it seems like the Steelers organization uh, is getting when I know who it is that's doing what. And I absolutely love that they're able to get away with it and serve in a way without mm. their name being attached. And so uh, I just love that. And I think one of the things for me, my role, um, I feel very strongly about in shepherding these guys in their spiritual growth and helping them to be able to do ministry. If they want to do that, if they, if they want to begin to serve like that, is to point them in the right direction. Now, remember, ma the majority of these guys who are in the Steelers organization are not from Pittsburgh. Mm. So I feel like every year I need to introduce the new men who are a part of it and their families to the trusted ministries, organizations in the Pittsburgh area. The cool thing about our story is that Erica and I served in Pittsburgh for the last 25 years together before coming to the Steelers organization. And so we have so many ministry friendships and trusted people that we would send our own daughters to, that we can say to these men and their families, hey, this person you can trust that they will not take advantage of you, mm -hmm. right? They, they are good people, trusted, vetted by Erica and me and our church over the last 25 years, and we can assure you that they will not take advantage of you and your family and will point you. And so I know you and I have a mutual friend and Pastor Ed Glover and his ministry here in Pittsburgh, Urban Impact. For the last 25 years on the north side of Pittsburgh, Pastor Ed and his urban missionaries have been doing an incredible job of serving the people of the north side, one block, one family at a time. And so I've known Ed for over 30 years. So I can say to these guys, he's a good one. You can trust him, get involved with Urban Impact and start serving in their sports ministry that they have. Um, and so Pastor Ed is super connected and uh, these guys can trust him. Other great organizations, I feel like that's a part of my role to say, if you want to serve and you're looking for a place, man, choose Light of Life, the homeless ministry that's right on the north side. Incredible trust with, you know, Doug Smith and Jarrell Gilliam who are there. We just know them. And I feel like that's a part of my role to point these guys to those ministries that they are, will be safe and not taken advantage of. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. And, and I think it's so crucial because those guys, they do want to serve and they, and they want to do it genuinely a, a lot of times. And, and so when you find those guys that do want to do that without the, 
you know, have to bring the cameras. But if, if right. like you say, you hear, oh, the Steelers are doing some awesome things, you know that it's going on, but it doesn't have to be this guy in particular getting a bunch of, right. you know, credit or whatever. So, yeah, I think there's yeah. something really, uh, yeah, just genuine uh, about that. And, and guys, For sure. guys like that, that that's, that's neat. And then you mentioned Ed Glover, man up Pittsburgh, played a big role in, in creating man up Charlotte. And so yes. that's the, the, the connection there. And so you've been a part of the, the man, up Char- uh, man up Pittsburgh conference yep. over the years. And uh, we, we've been excited to have it the last three years and, and gearing up for, uh, for another, another one next year. So um, yeah, the church, the church where I had the privilege of serving Northway, we would, you know, host the pre-gathering of all the church leaders in the Pittsburgh area where Pastor Ed would come and continue to cast the vision and draw leadership together. And then, man, I've attended Man Up, um, you know, so many times. Coach Tomlin has has been one of the speakers and and partners in that, you know, the whole idea of Man Up to the fatherless who are in this city and to be a spiritual father or a mentor to these young men who are growing up without a father figure in their life and pointing them and serving them and helping them go in the right direction. So Pastor Ed is amazing. Man Up is amazing. Urban Impact, incredible ministries here in the Pittsburgh area. So man, I'm cheering you on as Man Up Charlotte is really getting the steam rolling here. So I love it. That's right. Absolutely. So we're so thankful to, uh, to Ed and his team and Urban Impact and, and what they, they uh, helped us get going here, here in Charlotte. So we're just getting started uh, with, with our conference down here. Well, two other things I, I did want to talk with you about. And, and of course, 2020 has been challenging for everyone. And, and we've all been affected, but some people have been affected more than others. And, and especially with the actual virus, some people have gotten it, some haven't. But, but for you and your family, uh, your dad has has gotten it, and so yeah. y- you gave an update on on Twitter. But how has that kind of journey been? Watching your dad kind of go through this and and experiencing it, and it becoming even more real to to you and your family. Yeah, you know, so serving in the NFL, um, the NFL protocol has caused Erica and me and our family to do things very differently and, and be super careful because <laughs> I don't want to be that guy that would no. bring COVID into the steel. I would be the most hated pastor in Steelers nation. Um, anyway. So, um, but what that has done is, you know, personally it's, you know, it's wrecked all of our plans and everything, but then, you know, just last week, um, my dad, I got the call that, um, you know, my dad went into the emergency room for something completely different heart related um, and uh, an infection that he had going on around there. And he get, you know, the protocol is now everybody gets tested for COVID. And uh, sure enough, I get the call and he is positive. Um, And so he's been in the hospital now for, uh, what is it, five days uh, at this point. And, um, you know, he just got released from the hospital because they were just simply monitoring some of the other issues that he went into the hospital for and his COVID symptoms are not severe enough to keep him at the hospital. Praise God. I'll take that. But now, you know, what, what that's doing is, you know, my parents a little bit older. And so now here, my dad will go home and my mom will now be in close contact with a positive. Um, And so, you know, my brother, you know, he also has some heart conditions, you know, going on. And like, it's just, 
I, if, if COVID were a person, man, I would want to throat punch COVID right in the <laughs> neck, you know? Um, so like it's, it's to me, like, here's what I know. God's still on the throne. He's in charge. I trust him. And, and the crazy thing about this is that God has put some of the men who are a part of the church where I used to pastor, they are my dad's doctors. And so they have been able to walk our family through because they're men of faith and to explain to me as if I'm five year old so I can understand what are the precautions, what, what's all going on. And so I've just been so grateful today as those men have called me and said, here's what's going to happen. Here's what your mom needs to do. And God has been in charge of this whole thing. And I'm just trusting that. You know, if my mom gets COVID, it is what it is. God is still in charge. And I believe that he will heal um, my dad from COVID. All of this stuff is going to be taken care of, man. So it's been a little bit stressful trying to work with doctors and medications and all that stuff for my parents, um, making sure that prescriptions, making sure that my mom isn't going out to the store, helping her understand you're not allowed to do that now, mom. Um, oh, wow, yeah. You know, and, and I feel like I, I'm doing that kind of work on their behalf, uh, talking to the doctor so that they can understand as if they were five years old and we can all understand and be on the same page together. I'm just so grateful that God has put those incredible doctors on the front lines who happen to be a part of the church where Erica and I are a part of. And, and I'm, that just get, brings me peace to know that God's in charge. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. No question about it. As, uh, as challenging as this year has been, that truth remains. And so that's what that's we, right. we cling to. No, no doubt about it. Well, y- you mentioned that the, the Bible study that you guys are going through now is the book of James, which is such a, yeah. a practical book and, and so much in there that, that we can you know glean from and, and so as we wrap things up today, can, can you share something that, that you guys have been learning or, or you personally that you've been learning through, through James uh, that, that might be encouraging to some sports fans listening today? Yeah, dude, this is crazy because last week we were talking James 4 and we were mm. studying James 4. And in that particular section, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I studied that last week with the entire organization. My wife studies that last week with, you know, all the ladies of the organization who are a part of these Bible studies. And then I get the news that my dad has COVID. And, you know, your faith is tested when you walk through trials and adversity. And so I personally am not walking through that, but somebody very close to me is. And so my first response is to get stressed anxious. I feel it rising up in my chest. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I'm not sleeping well. And all of a sudden, the reminder of James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Doesn't change the circumstance, but he changes my perspective. Why? Because it reminds me that we don't celebrate Christmas just one day a year. We celebrate Christmas every day of the year as followers of Christ, meaning God is Emmanuel. That means he is with us in our mess. He was born into the worst of poverty, the deepest uh, racial tension issues that were going on, and he brought hope in the midst of darkness. He was the light, John says, pierced through the darkness. And for me, I was reminded of that truth. James 4a, draw near to God. He draws near to me. 
And I was reminded that God with God, we always have hope. And so that's mm -hmm. something that I learned just coming out of James 4.8, studying that with the, the players. But for me, that was the personal note that God wanted to say, Kent, you need to pay attention to this. And that's what I love about God, man. He will meet all of us in our unique circumstances, and he will remind us, hey, I'm with you in this. Mm. This might suck. It might be hard. It might be amazing. And I'm with you every step of the way. King of kings, Lord of lords, I'm still on the throne, even though you might have been knocked off of yours down a few notches with the circumstance that's around you. I'm always with you and I will never leave you. I will never forget about you. You're my son. You're my daughter. And that I can take to the bank. And I slept really well that night. I love it. I love it. And <laughs> I, I, you mentioned Christmas every day. We should be singing that uh, Emmanuel song. Uh, I think it's Amy Grant. We always sing it at Christmas. There we got to bring that out. Bring that I out know. year round. But uh, God, God with us. So uh, what? What a great message and uh, thought to uh, to wrap things up today. And and Ken, man, excited for for you and your new role with the Steelers. And and now year number two and the nine and O Steelers and, yes. and, and and impact that God can have through you. Uh, on this team and so keep up the great work and uh, thankful to be able to have you here on unpacking it and encourage everybody to check out team chevalier.com team chevalier.com and uh, you can find out more about kent and his ministry and all that he's got going on so uh, thanks so much kent really appreciate it thanks bryce i appreciate you having me on man i'm cheering you on Absolutely. Thanks so much. There's Kent Chevalier joining us here on Unpacking. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to discuss and unpack the conversation that we just had with Kent Chevalier. And how about those Pittsburgh Steelers? 9-0. and And my big takeaway is the answer that Kent gave when I asked him to compare last year to this year and the fact that there is so much consistency for the Steelers that, sure, the, the, the record may fluctuate a little bit by maybe a win here, win there, but year in, year out, the Steelers know what they're doing. And really, the only reason that they have any kind of struggles is usually because of injuries. Because let's face it, they had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and even when those guys were trying to cause some trouble here or there, mainly Antonio Brown, Tomlin kept them in line. Because great leadership supersedes a, a kind of a guy causing trouble. And, and so I, I just continue to be so impressed with, Tomlin with the Steelers and I looked it up just to to make sure I was like wait they've only had three coaches and it's true since 1969 the Steelers have had three coaches Chuck Knoll Bill Cower and Mike Tomlin now before that they had some some coaches but <laughs> that's a long time 1969 Chuck Knoll began and and so earlier this week when when we did the podcast with Corey Miller we were talking about all of a sudden, you know, only after four and a half years, South Carolina moves on from Will Muschamp. And we see this all the time, whether in college or in the NFL. Teams just give up on a guy. They move on. All right, you're out, you're out, you're out. 
and it's just a turnstile. Here is a strong organization from the top down, and they keep their head coaches. It makes the, all the difference in the world. And so they haven't had a losing season. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the bottom line. Mike Tomlin, 14 years, no losing season. And, and I, I loved what Kent shared about the servant leadership. And it's funny, I, I was convicted a little bit the other day because we had the Charlotte Turkey Bowl this past Saturday. And I was up late the night before because I'm gearing up. I do the halftime show and I'm the MC. And, and so that's kind of my main role. But we have to set up the whole Turkey Bowl Saturday morning. And, and so there's another guy on, on the team that he kind of spearheads that. And so he was getting there early to, to set up the field. And, you know, I wanted volunteers to get there early to help him set up. And then, you know, I was going to stroll in uh, a little bit later than that. And, and of course, by the time I got there, it was probably 7.15 and should have been there at 7. And, and so that's a moment where you've got you've to be a servant leader. That even though maybe it wasn't my main role to be there to set up, I needed to set the tone to say, hey, we got to arrive early we got to make sure we're set up before all the players get here, that we've got our ducks in a row, we know what we're doing, and I can't expect volunteers to be there before me. And so that's just my confession to, to you as a listener, but, but, but I'm growing as a, a leader myself. And so when Kent was talking about Mike Tomlin putting on the jersey and, or the, uh, the cleaning staff jersey or shirt or whatever, representing them to say, hey, respect them as, as you respect me, and, and, and that's just another example of that kind of tone and that leadership of servant leadership, putting himself out there, not elevating him above anybody else in the organization, even the, the cleaning staff. And, and I love that. And I, I think that goes a long way. And that's why the players respect Tomlin, respond to Mike Tomlin, play hard, even finish a season strong like last year when that team was not very good. I mean, the, the quarterback play was re- really struggling, and they, they still found ways to win, and Tomlin kept that team together and then set them up to, to now have such a, a great season that they're having, 9-0, and and they're a Super Bowl contender. And so I, I'm encouraged, I'm challenged by that demonstration of, of being a servant leader and that story that Kent shared, but we see it play out with just great leadership with the Steelers organization. We know it, we hear about it, but I think what a what an opportunity for Kent to then see that up close and it's just a consistency. They've got a standard, they stick to it, and there's respect and and that goes a long way. So I, I I've I've told this story before, but but I've I had the chance to meet Mike Tomlin when he was here for Man Up Charlotte, interviewed him for the podcast, and he was such a delight. Like just a great guy in the room, you know. He he just his his presence, his demeanor, humility, kindness, in the moment, cool, all of those great descriptions. And so I've got his signed football here in the uh, in the office. Uh, I put that up there there proudly. Uh, so I, I root for him, root for the Steelers, and and love the transformation that that God has done in Big Ben's life. We're seeing that play out. I think that's that's an incredible story of God's grace and and just the maturity that we're seeing from Big Ben compared to 
who he was early in his career, some of the, the things that he did or got caught up in, and some of the, the allegations and, and all of those things that, that were a part of his story, to now see him pursuing after the Lord, taking opportunities to share his testimony. Uh, he was a part of Man Up Pittsburgh, and, and so uh, just really cool. And so glad to know that Kent is there in that locker room, in that organization, to, to, to be that pastor to them. That, that's an awesome opportunity for him. But sounds like those, uh, those players and, and the staff there, they've got, they've got a great pastor there, uh, great chaplain for them. So I enjoyed the energy that Kent brought to the podcast today. So I hope you enjoyed it as a listener. Hope you were encouraged as well. And, and, and I guess the question for us today, in what ways can we be a better servant leader? At home, at work, in the community, how can we be a servant leader? Not putting ourselves above anyone else, being willing to do anything that's needed, and, and being willing to uh, treat people the, the same and, and demand that from whoever is maybe under our tutelage to say, yeah, we, we treat everybody uh, respectfully. Um, it's not always that you have to treat everybody equally. I don't know if that's always the, the answer, and that's probably a, a bigger topic to unpack, but I think the, 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 common, the, the way that we do treat people equally is love, grace, kindness, respect, pretty basic stuff, pretty simple. Like, yeah, you just, whether it's the, the, cash, the cashier, the waitress, the owner of the restaurant, you, you treat them all with respect, kindness, and, and so that goes across the board wherever we're at, whether at work or at home, people we interact with, people in the neighborhood, all that kind of thing. So that's a challenge to me. Hopefully it is to you as well. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Bryce at unpackingit.com. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate, review. Shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.